Hi, and welcome to another episode of Broken Spines at the End of the World. Um, today, we're going to wrap up January because the first month of 2022 has already passed, only 11 more to go, and we did some reading. How much reading did we do? Well, it depends on how you look at it. I have three things to talk about, but two of them are extremely short. <laughs> oh, nice. Me too. <laughs> Oh, how well balanced we are. Look at us go. Actually, all three things are pretty short, but two are shorter than one. So that, oh yeah, same, same. Do you want to start off? Sure. It took me a while to get going. But then I picked up Piranesi by Suzanne Clark, which is what you're reading now. You haven't finished it, it yet, is. have you? I haven't finished okay. it yet, no. No spoilers. Well, better not. Better. I have some theories. I ooh, I want to hear all of your theories. I had a lot of theories too. Were they all wrong? Uh, well, some of them obviously were. Uh, but we can, we, we will we'll have to discuss this another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, go on. Tell us all about it without spoilers. <laughs> yeah. So when you start reading this book, you jump into this world that consists of the house basically and you read or the book is made up out of like um journal entrance so he will say um it is the fourth day of the i don't know Second, year when the albatross came yeah. into the seventh hall or something exactly <laughs> like the best names for years we should name years like that well yes and no um <laughs> uh it took me a while to like get the hang of it but like once you're in it you're in it you don't know where you are uh you don't know what's going on but this guy lives in this house and this house is massive because at one point he says, um, to get to this room, I will have to walk like 20 kilometers or something, which isn't a small feat. Um, and that's all within this house. Also, there are statues absolutely everywhere. And he comments on them, which I loved very, very much. Um, and in the hall of the house, there is only one other person alive which is like um another the guy other one. yes he the calls other him just one, the other um who is doing research well they're both kind of doing research on the house um and that's it there are some skeletons so you know that at some point there were other people there but right now there's just the two of them and it's yeah the, the story sort of progresses in a way that you can't really see coming because you have no idea what's going on um so most of the time you're just learning about this house basically because the lower levels flood sometimes because it's like on the coast and there are different streams coming in and stuff and then the upper parts are um, some of the roofs have caved in and the clouds sort of drift in and out of the house or like the mist comes in and then sudden, suddenly there are whole rooms that have just become mist that you can't see and stuff. So I'm not doing a very good job of explaining what the book is about because for, I don't know, half of the book, I had no idea what was going on. And I think that's the best, like the best way to read this book is to not know too much about it and just dive in. I love how um, what all, everything you said must sound so confusing, but because yes. I'm reading it at the moment, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> the sea comes into the house and mm -hmm. he like, he measures the tides and then he goes and gets some fish with some nets and some seaweed because yeah. he needs to feed himself and he needs to, he's trying to make all kinds of things out of seaweed and mm -hmm. sort of nothing happens um, until something happens, which is very mysterious, but I don't want to give too much away. Yeah. But 
I'm about halfway through now and um, actual action is just starting to pick up mm-hmm. and it is so good. Oh yeah. I don't read the titles of the year anymore because I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah, did. Yeah. we're still in the year of the albatross. <laughs> it's fine. It's just two days later. Um, but the writing style is just also so beautiful. Um, oh yeah. Definitely. I, I'm flying through this and I am having high hopes that at some point when I finish this book, I'll go like, you know what? I should definitely, definitely pick up the other book by Susanna Clark that has been on my shelf for years and I've read half of it and I still know where I am. So I should just continue. And that's uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Yeah. It is absolutely massive. But again, the writing is incredible. So, well, if the writing I, is similar to Piranesi, I definitely want to read that one too. The way I remember it, it's less claustrophobic because Piranesi is a bit claustrophobic, which is the allure of it as well, because it is just the house. Also, can we talk about how the house in my brain like a little bit it goes to um Catherine house which I read last year and absolutely not liked where they keep talking about the house and the hallway and everything and they have like obscure signs but then every time he talks about the house and the hall I my head goes to Doctor Who to that one episode where the house is sentient wait which doctor was it was um it was the 11th doctor with the ponds and they were on this planet which was not really a planet it was just sort of a meteor with a house on it and like an uncle and an an auntie and the TARDIS was transformed into a person like the soul of the TARDIS was put into a person and she slowly decays and they keep talking about the house and the house feeds us and the house provides for us I don't remember that part I know that the TARDIS becomes a woman at some point but you should rewatch this episode it's great and like the the people who live in the house are made out of different body parts from different people who have stranded on this rock at some Mm -hmm. point And they keep talking about how the house provides and the house feeds them and the house looks after them. And whenever Piranesi talks about how he doesn't need the other to give him food because the house will provide with fish and seaweed, I'm like, dude, this shit is scary, okay? (laughs) Well, I mean, since we're going into this, he has like a little sentence that he says, like, may your paths be clear and like, the house something something maybe you haven't yeah, read that yet yeah you know I have read that that was really nice I read yeah. that this morning I think something about yeah may your paths be clear and the house be kind or something yeah something like that so I definitely see what you're going what does the house look like for you um like big marble walls but dark ones and very very much run down like dusty and there's like bits of wall and ceiling and stuff lying everywhere because very lonely all the way in the beginning when Piranesi is talking to the other we're going way deep into this like (laughs) you'll you'll have to forget we'll mention the other books later it's fine (laughs) we're both geeking out about this book I read it in a day just I couldn't stop reading it I just consumed me um all the way in the beginning the other says something about like do you remember Battersea Mm -hmm. and I was like wait are they in London because my brain immediately went to like Battersea Wharf or something which is this massive construction um where they sort of I think it's like a power plants sort of and I think they use the water like the tides of the Thames I was like wait and I thought I had it completely figured out that this was sort of like a post-apocalyptical London with a dome over it and that like he would walk through London but London was deserted but then I thought wait 
how did all the statues get there? So like my <laughs> my theory was blown. That was my very first theory of where they were. But ever since then, the house looked like this power plant. Very industrial, but also run down because he mentions how broken everything is. Mm -hmm. But I was like, this is some weird, like, alternate reality London, basically, where statues have just miraculously appeared or something like that. Like, I was just way going on that and then other stuff happens and they say other stuff and I'm like wait no I'm no, so wrong my, <laughs> my imagination made it very Roman um like well, like cool. huge halls and like pillars and things yeah at the moment my theory goes into like a, a psychological ward sort of thing um yeah I also went into yeah. the direction of an experiment yeah, I mean, there's some talk of like a, the hint at like an afterlife, maybe, or like a different dimension or something. But I'm more in a psych ward, human experiment sort of situation at the moment. I don't mm -hmm. know yet. I'm very eager to go on. Um, 16 or the prophet has just shown up. So we don't know. Yeah. Okay. What I really, really like is how we get a very clear picture of his world, the way mm -hmm. everything he knows about his world, we know as well. Mm -hmm. And when he learns more, we learn more. And it's it doesn't feel at all like he's withholding information ever. I don't know if it's true. Well, no by the end. But um, for example, he describes very clearly in the beginning that in the house, there's him, the other and 13 dead guys. Yeah. And that's it. There's 15 people. Yep. And he numbers them all. Oh, yeah. And explains like what they look yeah. like. He also stuff. visits them and yeah. gives them offerings. So it's it's very good so yeah. far. I can't wait to see how it ends or like well, what's going on, basically. <laughs> I thought the conclusion was a little bit too easy. Like, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, but I loved the atmosphere, like how eerie it was, because it's just mm -hmm. him. There is so little interaction. And still it is people. so easy to read. It flows yeah. so naturally. It goes by so fast, even though it is just him talking to himself or like writing to himself in his notebooks. Mm -hmm. And really not all that much happens. No. Yeah. But it's just so, it's yeah. phenomenal. So yeah, everybody stay around for wrap up of February because we will deep dive into the second half of this book. Exactly. Um, and try well, not to spoil it for you. Yeah, but, uh, well, like, no promises, but we'll give it our best shot. I think if you liked the Night Circus or like some of the Neil Gaiman books, um, um, the ocean at the end of the lane for example it's like that I don't know it like it's a similar vibe with like the ocean at the end of the lane yeah. it hints at magic and it's very descriptive and very atmospheric and stuff dark it's very much is this magic or are the people just crazy yeah sort of thing so you're not quite sure you see the perspective of the main character of Piranesi but you don't know if that represents reality at all around mm -hmm. him so that I really like that aspect well sometimes it's just what you make of it have you've seen Pan's Labyrinth or no still no <gasps> okay I know so in that movie I will kind of the same thing you get like a magic made up kind of vibe or like you get a magic vibe and then you get a little girl and it's up to you to decide whether it's real or she's making it up and I really like that I really like that yeah we can watch it together you know yeah that's true yeah. <laughs> all right but for now January we wrap up yes, um yes. I started the year staying very true to myself because uh, I read a novel, I read some poetry and a short story collection. Because who would I be if I didn't? <laughs> um, so let's talk about the poetry first. I read uh, the newest collection. I think it's the newest collection. 
um, by Amanda Lovelace. Lovelace. It must yes. be her newest collection because I just sort of stumbled over it at the bookstore and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I bought it and then I sat in the cafe and I read it there. And I was like, can I give it back now? I read it. So I kept it, of course. I kept it, of course. Um, I read two of her previous works, uh, which were The Princess Saves Herself in this one and The Witch Doesn't Burn in this one. I've read um, both which of those. I really, really like those. Um Flower Crowns and Fearsome Things, which is the newest collection, the one I read in January, is about the duality of women, mm -hmm. like the way we have both the dark and the light side, both soft, we're both soft and full of teeth. And um, it wasn't bad. It was pretty good. It was not as inspired as the other two that I read. Like okay. I read her poetry mostly for the honesty and the anger. Mm -hmm. And because we got both the soft and the hard side, we only got 50% of the anchor. And I was like, <laughs> stop being nice. <laughs> okay. We're here to be angry. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, it was a, it was still good. I still really enjoyed it. And it's well worth your while. If you're looking for like approachable poetry, that is all about women and how we be. Okay. Well, I'll probably pick that up at some point since I've read her other two. Uh, you should have done that when you were here. I could have. Yeah, you, could, you should come back. <laughs> Wait, let me just climb onto a train. <laughs> Wait, that is that is not me pushing my agenda, right? <laughs> All right. Um, the second thing I read in January was Galatea by Madeline Miller. Um, Madeline Miller is well known for her two novels, The Song of Achilles and Circe. Um, She's something of a queen to ours. Um, yes. If she ever does build a state, we will move there. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, she's a she's our goddess. We love her very very much. Uh, Galatea is a short story that she wrote. Um, I'm guessing in between The Song of Achilles. And Cersei, because the Song of Achilles came out in 2012 and Galatea came out in 2013. Um, that was so long ago. It is so long ago. And they are republishing Galatea um, soon-ish. Not sure when exactly. But like they're making it into like a real thing that you can buy because I think it's only available in like ebook right now. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. Um, but I've never seen it in a bookshop ever. Me neither. I did not so, know it existed until you told me about it like two weeks ago. And well, since then I have not read it. Shame well, on me. It is very short. It is only like 35 pages long or something. So it's a very, very quick read. Um, we, have, we have established that I really like short stories though, right? Well, that, what are you waiting for? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> okay, tell us. So it's based on a myth. Like, that's what she does. She retells uh, Greek mythology. This one is about a master sculptor who carves um, the likeness of a beautiful, beautiful woman out of a piece of marble. It's like his masterpiece. And he loves it so much. Um, and it is so beautiful that it gets blessed by a goddess. And the marble statue comes to life and he marries her. So she is now his wife and they get a daughter together. And then slowly but surely she is um, like learning what it is like to be human. But she's not really because she is always cold to the touch and like she can... 
like appear to be like a statue when she just stays very still. So she's like somewhere in between. But her husband is kind of an asshole. And um, the moment that he like doesn't trust her anymore, he puts her in sort of like an asylum and he visits her and he has convinced the doctors and the nurses that she is to stay in bed and be good (laughs) which is (laughs) hello dear wife stay in bed and be good yeah and that does uh, not make me angry at all oh oh you're going to love this uh I was angry and I don't get nearly as angry as you get. So prepare yourself. Uh, also, the new edition has like an afterword by Madeline Miller in which she like explains the feminists like ideas behind the story. Anyway, um, they have a child together and at some point she believes that her child is in danger and it's about what she does then so I'm so excited to read this it is so short and still she gets like the right um feeling across because you really hate this guy (laughs) he is such a jerk um and Also, it's very reminiscent of like the writing in her novels. So it really follows her style of writing, of telling a story, only in a very, very small dose. So it's kind of difficult to like really connect with the characters because you're only with them for such a short time. But I thought it was really interesting to just see her craft a story in 35 pages. Like, it's like she did a... That's a, very difficult, actually. Yeah, she did a brain dump. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yep, that's it. And then she just wrote a story. A very, very bare bones. And still manages to put her own style in it. I thought that was very impressive. So, uh, yeah. It, I can't wait to read it. There's nothing more to say because it's so short. But, uh, yeah, if you have, like... I don't know, an hour to spare. Because it's only 35 pages. You can read that in an hour. For for everybody who's not read um, The Song of Achilles or Circe, first of all, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> Second of all, go read the short story and maybe that is, you know, like the drug to get you started. Or not that read- we support addiction here, but go read Madeline Miller. <laughs> Or just read the Song of Achilles. I mean, you can't go wrong with that one. I mean, true. But the same goes for Cersei, though. Like, we love There are some people who don't like the Song of Achilles. Yeah, but we don't associate with those people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of get it because it's, it's also that very descriptive way of telling a story not a lot happens at first like the story sort of meanders and then eventually you get to like the action you have that in Cersei as well yeah you need some patience from from time to time but like the payoff is so worth it yeah she she writes characters very well and sort of like everything that happens around them you don't have to read them for the plot yeah but I also I personally read a lot of very character-driven stories. Mm -hmm. So it's not that big of a change for me. Yeah, I think... But if you read uh, mostly plot-driven stories, if you Mm -hmm. read a lot of action-packed stories... Yeah, the fast-paced ones. Fast-paced fantasy or high fantasy or something like that, then this is going to be a change of pace. And maybe Mm -hmm. you need to know that before you go into it. Otherwise, you're you will sort of stumble Mm -hmm. Um, but it is worth the time you spend in the descriptions I think so definitely (laughs) also those are the kinds of stories that I want to write like I want to write descriptive stories so it makes sense that I connect to those stories too that I like to read them but I do realize that that is not for everyone so 
if you are interested, then you should definitely at some point read the Song of Achilles or Circe. Absolutely. Or Galatea, if you're short of time. (laughs) Okay, your turn. Well, let's continue with more short stories um, because I read a short story collection called Cursed Bunny by Mm. Bora Chang, translated by Anton Hoare. Um, It's, I read it over a few months. I started somewhere in autumn last year. I'm not so sure, but that's a part of what I really like about short stories. You get to read a bit of writing from that person Mm -hmm. and then you can just put the book away and read the next story when you have another hour somewhere to spare or something. Mm -hmm. And um, I found this book because a friend of mine read it and liked it and Mm -hmm. I trust her opinion, but also because I, through this friend of mine, I found um, Anton Hoare on Instagram the translator, and he's going to translate a book uh, from Korean to English that I've been dying to read. <laughs> it's called <laughs> I Want to Die, but also want to eat Dokboki. And it was not available in any other language than uh, Korean and I think Mandarin. And I speak neither. I read neither. So I had to wait, but it's coming this year and I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And uh He's also translated Curse Bunny and like a bunch of others that are on my list because they all sort of sound amazing. Um, and this one is a wild ride. Uh, I re- <laughs> what can I say? Don't expect happy stories. I'm not really, I don't really know what you should expect, but it's not happy. Uh, crazy, maybe, like on the batshit sort of side. To give you a taste, like the first of the stories is called The Head. And it is about a creature that forms in a woman's toilet out of all the things that she flushes down the toilet. Great. And the head gains consciousness and then sees the woman as its mother. And the woman is understandably a bit upset about that. And then (laughs) it it goes, it gets worse from there. Um, There's one story of a man who finds a fox that bleeds gold so he keeps the fox um trapped and keeps on hurting the animal so that it bleeds and he gets richer which is really sad but that's not the worst part (laughs) because then the fox dies and like the man's own children get involved in the gold blessing and it it just it gets dark from there um it's about I don't know how many stories there are maybe nine or 12 or something and each of them is I didn't like all of them equally most of them were pretty pretty great though so it's hard to describe short stories I'm very glad you enjoyed yourself (laughs) it was it was so much fun it was so much fun it was weird yeah, that was that what is I was the going word. to say. It you was read very... weird stuff. <laughs> it was very weird, and I highly recommend. It was very good. Cool. If you have a bunch of hours to spare here and there, go read Curse Bunny. <laughs> so last weekend, I was in Switzerland. So I no had... way! <laughs> really? <laughs> so I had access to all of Sarah's books and I thought you know maybe I should read one like a short one something that I'm sure I can finish in like the three like two and a half days that I'm here so I picked up convenience store woman by Sayaka Murata and uh, it's very different to what I usually read because I don't really like read a lot of like Japanese fiction um but I really liked it (laughs) and I realize now is where we get her hooked (laughs) (laughs) I realize now that I forgot to sign your copy that's true well then another reason for you to come back (laughs) 
again, let me just jump on this train for another eight hours. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. For for the people who are confused as to why she would sign my copy, it's not because she wrote it. Um, I do this thing. It's a tradition in my family. When you've read a book, you put in the date of when you finished and you put a little signature so that when you go back to your shelves and you're like, wait, have I read this? You can just flip it open and see if you've signed it. And I do this with my own books. Uh, people who read my books do this with my books. So I open my books and I go like, oh, I've read this. Oh, my brother has read this. Oh, that is very cool. This is only for people who have a lot of books and forget whether they've read one or not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I thought I'd just read this one because I'd heard a lot about it. And Sarah said it was great. Which it so, is. It, I, I agree. It was great. Thank very, you. very different. But like, wait until own... you read Curse Bunny. <laughs> oh no, 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 never. Now that I like have some examples of what the stories are like, no, <laughs> not for me. Um, so this is about a woman who works in a convenience store, and she's very happy with the way things are because she likes the convenience store because it sort of fits very well with her personality um she likes the structure she likes to listen to the store and like hear the needs of the store and and like um basically give the store what it needs um but the people around her aren't very happy about her life decisions of like being content with just working at a convenience store. Like they want her to like do something with her life and like, do something more. They want her to get married. They want her to have children. Basically, they just want her to be quote unquote normal. Um, which is not something that she's interested in. But because people keep nagging, she's like, maybe I just have to find a solution so they will stop annoying me. And um, everything sort of goes from there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how many times I cursed the characters in this book. <laughs> out loud it was very <laughs> entertaining for me the amount of times I sighed and I and went like uh. <laughs> I mean too many times to count um there is a character in this book which is part of her solution to her problems which is such an annoying character Oh my God, he was the absolute worst. I hated him so much from the first moment that he appeared on the page, which I think is a testament to great writing. Because again, this book was very short, but I got so infested <laughs> so quickly. Um, I also really like the way it ended, which for the longest time, I had no idea like where it was going um, because it seemed to be going in a very different direction. I was like, no, don't do it. And then at like the last moment, it sort of turns around the corner and was like, ta-da, this is the real ending. I was like, yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah, all of the characters are somewhat unlikable, even the main character, although I did end up liking her in the end um, because although she's very different from myself I mean she's I'm guessing she's like, like borderline sociopath um, which I am not at least not most of the time and <laughs> uh, I think like the writer wrote her very well like she was very consistent. She didn't waver. Uh, she was just kind of weird all throughout the book. And yeah, I thought it was really well done. 
like I said, it just completely drew me in. I was very invested, um, which is why I made all of the noises of disagreements throughout the book. And I really liked it. I really, really liked it. So thank you for recommending. You're so welcome. Next Thanks time you come, you can read our second novel. It is way weirder. <laughs> yeah, you might be scared of me after that, but that's fine. I know. <laughs> I'm glad you yeah. liked it, though, because it is one of my favorites. I can see why. Like, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorites because it's very different to what I usually read, but it was very, very good. And for not having read a lot of like Japanese fiction, I thought this was a very good introduction because I also read um, Before the Coffee Gets Cold last mm-hmm. year. And that one was just too slow for me. That one is also, yeah, it is very slow. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. And a bit dry. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Because this one is slow, but it's not dry. No. And when, before the coffee gets cold, it, it does drag on. That's very true. Yeah. Which is why so, I'm not reading the companion or like the yeah. stories of the cafe. I'm not really interested. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have it on my shelf because I got it as a gift and I'm not sure what I want to do with it yet. Um, so I would recommend... If people have been saying, oh, maybe you should read Before the Coffee Gets Cold as Don't. a way to get... <laughs> <laughs> read The Convenience Store Woman instead. Yeah, as a way to get into like more um, like Japanese fiction or like Korean or whatever fiction. Um, as a way to like get into that way of storytelling. Um, read Convenience Store Woman instead. I think it's a much better representation of the genre I could be wrong because I haven't read much of it but like that's what I feel like it's easier to get into it is easier to get into than uh, before the coffee gets cold I agree Um, from what I've read so far in Japanese fiction it is much more character driven um than what I've read of Western fiction. Mm. Um, it has a very different vibe to it. It's very quiet. Yeah, Even though definitely. it always, um, everything I've read so far, which isn't heaps and like, because there's, there's so much there, right? And I'm only one tiny person. Um, but everything I've read so far had very very big and very important themes but the way it is discussed is in a very quiet calm sort of way Mm -hmm, true that can be mistaken as slow or even dry if you're not prepared that that is going to be like it's not going to hit you in the face it's going to creep in and freak you out in a quiet way And I'm here for it. I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, well, that was all I had to say about that one. So you're up. Cool. I can't wait for you to read Earthlings. (laughs) I will at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to come back anyway. We've established that already. So Uh, so my third read, um, which was a novel, is The Giver by Lois Lowry. I have no idea. It's an American Excuse name. Excuse me so for Lois not being something. able to, to pronounce the name, but it's uh, it's something like that. Um, I think it's a pretty standard read for American students. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much here. No. I've seen it around a couple of times, but I've never actually seen anybody read it. Um, I did pick it up now because a friend of mine is preparing to be a teacher in high school or like the Swiss equivalent of high school. And apparently they do read it in high school. So um, I saw it on her shelves and I was like, thank you. I'm taking this. I'll bring it back <laughs> next week. Um, it's a YA 
is it dystopian? I think it is. It has dystopian vibes. So I'm going to call it a dystopian. It's, it's also has like cult vibes. Um, basically you have the society and our main character is a 12 year old boy in the society and individualism is like a thing of the forgotten past. Um, you have to follow all the rules to a T. Um, otherwise you'll be reprimanded publicly and stuff so it's very creepy um he turns (laughs) he turns 12 with all the other 11s because they're called like 10s and then they're 11s and then they're 12s oh no and then after that age doesn't matter anymore because they're adults clearly at 12 Mm -hmm. is it 12 i think it's 12 there are no 13s i don't think so um so yeah there's like a big ceremony where all the years get one year older and you get different things. At one point you get a bicycle and then everyone mm. gets a bicycle and they ride off stage and stuff. Um, and our main character is given a profession for him to learn because he's now an adult and he has to be a productive part of society. So everyone is given a profession. They, they can't choose, obviously, because who would do that? They're assigned to something that they're really good at. Like his friend is going to train to be a director of, what is it called? Like basically like after school activities, like creative stuff, like playing around for the kids and stuff, because he's really creative and playful and everything. So he's going to be learning to be in charge of that. Another friend of his, she's really good at caring for the elderly. So she's, going to do that mm-hmm. and um, what's also really creepy is the society is just the place and everything else is elsewhere and if you don't follow the rules you're being sent elsewhere and mm-hmm. the old are at some point being sent elsewhere and if the kids they 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 don't tube breed the kids but they have assigned breeders like women who just bear children oh, for three years no. they, yeah, they each bear three children and then after that they go into manual labor and the, the babies are being raised and nursed by people who are assigned to nurse the babies. Mm. And after three years, they are given out to family units. Like you can apply for a partner and then you can apply with your partner for a child and then your family unit gets a child. And if like the babies are not ready to be handed over to a family unit when they're three years old, they're also being sent elsewhere and stuff. It's very creepy. Um, So our main characters at that ceremony and they're going through the number because of course the kids are numbered within the year and everyone is being called out and told what their profession will be. And his number is skipped. So anxiety is really high. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Are they going to send me elsewhere? Did they forget about me? What's happening? And then at the re- at the very end of the ceremony, they reveal that he is not given a profession. He is given a title. And the title is Keeper of Memory. And that is very special. Because the Keeper of Memory does what his title says. He keeps all the memories of the entire society and all the past people of the society. Um. So he goes off to meet this old man who is the current keeper of memories, who now turns into the giver because he is now starting the process of transferring all the memories from him, the giver, to our main character through touch. Like he touches him and then he uh, lives through the memories and in that way obtains them. And it's very painful and very creepy. And then other stuff happens, which I'm not going to mentioned although I really want to (laughs) because that would be spoilers um like the beginning is very very brave new Mm world-ish um but then he meets the giver and things are revealed and it does sort of sidestep and become its own thing Mm -hmm. although it's very much still pressed right up against brave new world it's very very similar vibes um story-wise society-wise with all the rules and the regulation with they have like meds that suppress your sexuality um the kids that are 
sort of fabricated more or less, although they are naturally born. Um, the constant control that they have through like mandatory sharing of dreams and feelings every day, which is also really creepy. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but then through the twists and turns that we get, it does sort of become its own thing. So that is really cool. So you liked it or not? I did like it. I did like okay. it. I read it in like two sittings. It's very quick read, very easy. Um, it is young adult, so easy language, big font, you know, the drill. Um, it is captivating. Like it is very engaging okay. when you're in it because you want to know what is elsewhere not necessarily how do i get there but same nonetheless sort of you're very mm -hmm. curious as what's really going on and then um the ending is very open which i personally <laughs> like you don't no <laughs> i can see that <laughs> this is where i'm sad that this is not a video because that face was priceless <laughs> <laughs> i mean sometimes but other times I'm like, you were just too lazy to make up an ending. Like yeah. you got you got no. to this point and then you were like, let's just keep it open and the readers <laughs> can decide. That's not their job. You're the writer. Write an ending. <laughs> no, I really like the open ending. But um, I read because this book is old. I think I read like a 50 anniversary edition or something. Mm -hmm. um, or less. Again. Don't it quote me. Matter. I don't know. But it was some sort of anniversary edition. Um, and in the back, there's a note from the author for like all the curious minds who want to know what has happened to the main characters. And they go into later works of theirs where the same characters appear again, not, not necessarily as the main character, but as a side character. And if you mm -hmm. pay attention, you can see uh, this person happened, that this and this happened to that person and this and this happened to that person and stuff like that. So I did get the open ending and I get, sort of got the closure of knowing who lives and who dies and stuff like that. So I really liked that because I was not in love with this enough to actually go out and read mm -hmm. the other books but I'm also sort of glad that I did get to have this little peek at what happened in their future yeah that was really cute cool yeah but I read it in two sittings um it was very entertaining Should it had I some it? really cool ideas if you're looking for an easy read that is very almost ish a brave new world sort of thing but then for the giver. if you had to choose between brave new world and the giver if i can oh. only read one if you can only read one mm -hmm. i would say read brave new world because i really like brave new world but brave new world has a lot of science gibberish in it i don't or mind maybe not science even gibberish, gibberish but like science talk and description and you need more patience for that and then there's the whole um savage territory thing yeah i don't Brave know i haven't World. read it ah well they have, have this, it on my shelf so they have the modern society with all the science and they breed their children in tubes not mm -hmm. like in the giver where there's women assigned to breed but they do everything in a lab and then they have uh territories for savages which are people who do not, like they do natural birth and they actually care for their children. Very abnormal. What a concept. Exactly. <laughs> and you sort of get um, a clash between the two worlds when one of the science guys um, goes into a territory. Mm -hmm. So you have the description of the brave new world, literally pun intended, ha ha ha. Um, where you learn everything there is to know about all their science and their rules and their regulations and the brainwashing and everything. And then you have the clash with the territory where there's humans living as humans, basically, with the natural instinct of, ah, uh, we have sex for fun. We do have natural birth. We like reproduce with our bodies, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, it is harder to read because it's 
written better, if that makes sense. Like it's not as easily, it's not easy language as in the giver. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's not young adult. People, it's, it's, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's adult fiction. So it's adult sci-fi. So not high sci-fi, but it's yeah. very good. You should definitely read it. Have it on my shelf. So I will at some point. I'll get to it. <laughs> I promise. Good. I'll be very glad to discuss it again. <laughs> cool. It's a yeah. deal. But if you want some sort of uh, similar vibe, but you only have half a day, read The Giver. You have a lot of trust in my reading speed. <laughs> <laughs> you could do that. I trust in you. You could definitely do that. If I read nonstop for half a day, maybe. Oh, easy. I'm sure. <laughs> it really wasn't that big. And again, the That's font was huge. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached <laughs> we've reached the level we wanted to reach. <laughs> well, if it lasts half a day, that's okay. No comments. <laughs> and with that, we're wrapping up our January. <laughs> this is on you. I hope you know that. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> It was my pleasure. Don't do this to me. <laughs> so, anyways, um, that was the end of this episode. Yes. Thanks for sticking Be around. Before we fall off our chair. Um, thank you. Um, next week, we have another of our newest addition to the podcast another title reading recommendations and because next week is valentine's we're going to <laughs> sarah made a really nice gagging face um <laughs> we're going to recommend you like love stories but we're giving it a little twist so they're not going to be super romantic, fluffy reads. Um, they will have love as part of the story, but not the complete story. Because you can look up a thousand lists of romantic stories online. And we want to give you some different recommendations. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week this week. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>